listening to the Rowdy Roundup Podcast with Jess and Joe. Now, now let's, let's get, get rowdy. rowdy. Hey everyone, you are listening to the Rowdy Roundup Podcast and wow, the Dallas Cowboys bounced back today after losing yep. a couple of straight games. They were able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals on the road 30-7. to Jess, I know you're fired up. I know you're fired up about that. It felt so good. I was singing holla holla, we them boys all day because it was just such a well, um, how how do I say this? It was one of those games that these guys needed. They finally, finally clicked, I think, and that finally just showed to everybody. It gave us encouragement, not only as fans, but it also gave the team a little boost of energy and encouragement that I think has been lacking for most of the season, I will say, since uh, Jack has been out. Um, But I think it was a great game, yeah. What what a game, what a day. Good good day for Cowboys fans everywhere, I think. Honestly, I've been calling the team the Alice Cowboys because they don't play defense. So I, d- I don't think that they deserve to have the D in the Dallas, but they earned it today, forcing Whoa. three fumbles. And wow. yes, yeah, so they, they earned it for me. And I'm, we'll get into it, but I don't know yeah. necessarily if I'm going to give a lot of credit to Mike Nolan for it. Uh, a lot of that mm-hmm. was on the Cincinnati Bengals players right. um, for, for those fumbles. But wow, the, the defense stepped up in a way that they haven't before. They forced a lot of turnovers for us, um, three fumble of three forced fumbles and um, 17 points off of those fumbles, which it it honestly was the difference in the game. I know it was a 23 point win, but those three fumbles were huge. So let's just jump right into it. I want to get your team thoughts. You know, I want to hear everything that you have to say about what you saw from the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon against the Bengals. All right. Well, so let's start with the first quarter, right? Uh, Demarcus Lawrence forcing that first fumble and stripping the ball from Bernard, which was the longest streak in the NFL, might I add. So that just added some spice to just what was a great play overall, right? So we go down and you know what? I will say that got me fired up to keep my eye on D-Law for the rest of the game because not only did he look good from that first fumble, but if you watched him throughout the course of the game, he was brilliant. He was feeling it today. I think you can just really tell when those team leaders are feeling their energy as compared to when they're not. So I think that really started it. And then we go right into after that uh, when Andy Dalton did get sacked. By the way, you guys can't see this video that I'm on right now, but Andy Dalton is my background with his I love you sign to his wife because I just thought that was the cutest thing ever. But uh, going into the first quarter again, we end up getting the field goal and the Cowboys have 11 minutes left in the first quarter. Um, And you know what? I am going to say it was a great game, but settling for, for field goals are not going to win us any more games. And we see, we've seen that enough this season. So I don't know how you felt about that first quarter. I loved it, but I was also disappointed with settling for field goals once again and just not taking it all the way down to the end zone. So settling for a field goal against the Cincinnati Bengals after a forced fumble like that, you know, you can beat the, a Bengals team that uh, is struggling this year. Obviously, Joe Burrow is not, um, not with the team. Uh, as he got injured a couple of weeks ago. So you can beat the Bengals, even if you're on the road, uh, by scoring three points off of a turnover. But if if you want to go ahead and beat, you know, a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, which you're going to have to play in the future, uh, the yeah. New York Giants, uh, the defense has been playing really well for them. If you want to beat those teams down the line um, in these next three um, weeks, 
you're going to have to score touchdowns. And I completely agree with you. Yeah. I was definitely disappointed that we had to settle for a field goal, but I did like the way we responded, um, uh, uh, you know, throughout the course of the game, uh, specifically on defense. Uh, I, I thought that this was a, a, a gut test for the Cowboys. And I, you, you mentioned it, D-Law forcing that fumble in the first quarter really set the momentum for what kind of game we were going to play today like a chef's kiss you know and then we weren't even done there because not only did D-Law get first fumble and then you're still in the first quarter and then Aldon Smith with what was it 78 yards into the end zone oh just beautiful 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 work there and um, I believe it was Van Der Esch that actually kind of caused that fumble by bumping into one of his own guys, if I'm not mistaken, but it worked out in our favor. So I wasn't complaining about that. And Aldon Smith's quick thinking to grab that ball and run into the end zone. I can't complain. It, it looked nice. But again, I think the only thing that really uh, irked me about the first quarter was settling for that field goal after D-Law forced that fumble. Yeah, com completely agree. But, you know, Aldon Smith, what, what a he has to be in comeback player of the year conversation, yeah. especially with everything that he has gone through being out the league for so long since 2015. And then to see that moment, I was a little bit concerned that anytime the Cowboys make a great play on defense, I'm looking around for the penalty because, <laughs> yeah. you know, nothing good ever comes for us. You know? Oh, I so know. Yeah. The fact that he was able to um, pick up that fumble and run it back for a touchdown uh, was just awesome for him and just a remarkable story. So yeah. that, that was the highlight of the quarter for me, not settling for three points um, after a fumble, but, you know, him returning it for a touchdown. Definitely love that. So then we go into the second quarter and Fumble City continues because we get yet another fumble. And you know what? It, it was just kind of incredible to see because you have this defense that I feel like is really hot when they're hot and then really cold when they're cold. And uh, after the last time we saw them play, I didn't know what to expect this game. And I just was not disappointed with how the quick thinking was going on there. The only thing I will say, and uh, I guess I can contribute this to my dad for pointing it out, is the lack of wrapping up when they're tackling. These guys aren't tackling like they should be. And I definitely think that's a Mike Nolan thing because I can't recall seeing them play like this uh, with a lack of tackling um, for a while, for a long time. So um, that's the only thing I was really disappointed in with the defense, but that's been a season long thing. So Again, am I going to blame Mike Nolan? I think I am for this one, at least. What, what were your thoughts on the second quarter? Yeah, it, it was super weird because, um, you know, Cincinnati was running the ball down our throats. You know, that, that last fumble that you talked about, they were just, they were just running the ball, um, you know, running it, gashing it down the middle. Um, and, you know, what was frustrating for me is that Mike Nolan kind of got bailed out because we see these three fumbles and then we get 17 points off of those turnovers. But it kind of overshadows a lot of the issues that uh, you mentioned. Uh, the tackling just hasn't been uh, exceptional for, for what a Dallas Cowboy team, what you expect right. to see, um, you know, especially when you have Super Bowl or at least playoff uh, hopes on the line. You know, you want to see them tackle better. Also, the gaps are just too open for, um, for me. You know, I see yeah. – plenty of times where the linebackers are are hitting an area that's clogged up and an open lane you know they should have shot through that gap you know just makes you wonder if that's a Mike Nolan thing if the players aren't grasping his his concepts you know if the scheme is too co uh, complex for them but in the end they got the they got that third fumble and I think that really kind of turned the tide because uh correct me if I'm wrong it was a 10-0 game at that point yep. um yeah it was a 10-0 uh, game at that point Cincinnati is in the red zone 
and they were about to score. I honestly thought they were about to score. Brandon Allen looked like the second coming of Joe Montana at times. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't know where he came from, but no. uh, he, looked, he looked great against our Cowboys uh, today. But, yeah. you know, us being able to force that final fumble, that changed the game for me. That was, that, that was the pivotal moment uh, for us. And I'm just glad. Hopefully we can continue that momentum over these next few weeks. Oh, I hope so. And so you brought this up uh, before we had started recording for the podcast, but your favorite touchdown of the game, which was Dalton the Coop for a 17-0 Cowboys lead, which can I remind you, that is the biggest lead that the Cowboys have had all season. So, you know, I, I definitely think it was the game that they needed. And you mentioned that this specific touchdown um, really caught your eye. And, and I want to go into a little bit more detail with people listening to why, because I just loved hearing you talk about it right before we started recording all this. Well, I mean, Amari Cooper is one of those guys where when we signed him to that big contract, that was like, you know, maybe we should have let him go to the Washington football team. You know, we should let, we shouldn't have paid him that much. The priority should be Dak Prescott. We have a young emerging star in Michael Gallup. And um, fortunately, after we signed Cooper, we were able to get C.D. Lamb. But uh, Amari has somebody who's always kind of been iffy for me, but this year really has impressed me because one thing about Amari is that when, uh, especially last year, when he's been on the road, he hasn't shown up as much as you would expect for him. He's, in my opinion, a much better home player, especially in Dallas Cowboy, uh, in AT&T Stadium, um, playing in uh, front of all our fans. But tonight, I mean, today he really showed out for us. Uh, and that, that throw was exceptional from Andy Dalton to Cooper. It was low and away from the defender. The announcers brought it up perfectly. Uh, it, it made sure that Cooper wouldn't get hit from the oncoming safety, from the incoming safety. And that's the kind of connection that we saw from Dak Prescott to, to Amari Cooper last year and the previous year. And that's why it really stood out to me. It seems like Dalton and Cooper are starting to connect. And I know it's not going to go beyond this season, but yeah. we still have hope there's still time left for us to make a playoffs. And if they can really get that connection going, I think that could kind of turn up this offense and kick it up to another level. See, and it's, it's kind of crazy. Again, this is why I really love doing this because we get different perspectives, right? So um, you talked about how you weren't really sold on Coop. I was sold on him since day one. I was excited to have Amari Cooper join the team. And I haven't been disappointed from him. I really have enjoyed watching him. And I feel like he's just evolved since he started with us. And he's this whole new player compared to even just his first season with us. And I feel like He's just really feeling like a Dallas Cowboy now. And you can see it when he makes those kind of connections with the quarterback. And again, yeah, this, this connection with Andy Dalton really probably won't go past this season. But it's good to know that if worst case scenario ever, ever, ever happens again, which I pray it does not, and Dak is out, that we can depend on an Andy Dalton to be there to not only lead us to winning games, but to also have those connections with the players, which I think just makes all the difference to win those games ultimately. So yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a coop person. I'm at at and stadium going coop. And I loved that um, the announcer brought it up during the game. You could hear the Cowboys players that were there today uh, with all their little chants going on. So it sounded a little bit more like a home game to me, even though it wasn't. I, I just heard it was very loud over there and it wasn't even a home game. It was more of an away game. So good to know we still have some Cowboys uh, loyal fans out there after this very testing season, we'll call it. <laughs> Well, especially there in, in Ohio, you know, Zeke is a former Buckeye, uh, yep. so is Noah Brown. So, you know, they, they do have some former Buckeyes there. And 
Dallas is a, is a national brand. There's a reason why you either love us or you hate us. You know, we're everywhere. Um, I, I, my very first trip that I took out of the country, I went to the Bahamas. The, uh, the first person I saw was, um, you know, getting off the cruise, had a Dallas Cowboys hat on. <laughs> like, they're, they're just everywhere. And, you know, the fact that we were able to have them travel on the road with us, too, was, was awesome. So, yeah, I think that, that also played a role, too. It just felt like an energized team, a, a team that even though we were 3-9 and nine and it seemed like we were out of it, and we kind of, you know, with Washington winning today, we kind of are a little bit out of it it was good to see the team be pumped and be energized and it shows a little bit more confidence that they have in Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, going back to the second quarter now, um, Cincinnati uh, gets their touchdown right before the half. And, you know, I was okay with this, but I really just wanted to go in with it being, what was it at that point, 17-0. Um, I really just wanted the Cowboys to keep that lead, even though they were still in the lead, but like 17-0 just sounds so much better than 17-7. So they get their touchdown. We'll give them that. That's fine. But I think going into the half, they still had their momentum going despite the touchdown. Uh, anyways, so that was good to see. And then come third quarter, well, we have the 60-yard kick return from Tony Pollard. Did you see the man run? He is a grown man. I want to point that out. Tony Pollard is a grown man, and I love to see it. So the funny thing is, there have <laughs> been two times that Tony Pollard has run the ball and made a big-time return on a kickoff return. Guess what? I didn't see both of them live. I, I was no. yeah, I was in another room. So every time the Dallas Cowboys have a kickoff return from now on, best believe I will not be watching the TV screen. I, I'm going to put out good, um, good vibes there. But Tony Pollard is remarkable. Um, he can do it all. He can catch the ball. Love he that. can do kickoff returns. Uh, he, he, honestly, I, I love Ezekiel Elliott, but with how bad the offensive line has been, they're not really holding those holes open and those lanes open as much as they were four years ago. And Tony Pollard is a lot faster than Zeke, so he can hit those holes a lot, a, a lot quicker um, and, and can pick up additional yardage that Zeke wouldn't have gotten. He's just an electrifying player, and yeah. it, it, it doesn't surprise me that he did it once again today. Oh, I, I enjoyed watching him. Now, the only disappointing thing about it was that we got held to a field goal once again after his amazing kick return. And, and again, it's just so disappointing to see, given it was a 27 lead, 22-7 uh, lead, I should say. But you know, again, it just goes back to we can't be settling for field goals. That's not going to win games. We've seen it time and time again. So it's just very frustrating uh, to see that. And, um, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. I think the Bengals defense was doing a pretty good job at holding Andy Dalton. But when he was on, he was on. I'm still giving credit to Andy Dalton today because he looked the best I've seen him uh, since he started as our new starting quarterback. So, yes, frustrated by that. But that's all good. And so um, that's really all I had jotted down for the third quarter. It kind of seemed not as exciting as the first uh, half was for the Cowboys. But going into the fourth quarter, um, you know, I, I just had that inkling, you know, that Cowboys fan inkling when you know they're going to win, but you don't want to say it too soon because you don't want to jinx us. So what were your thoughts on the fourth quarter? <laughs> Fourth quarter, I was completely uh, – I honestly knew that we were going to win that game um, heading into the fourth quarter. The defense had been playing well enough for us to win. I didn't think a Brandon Allen-led team, especially when he um, he started limping, he wasn't uh, feeling as good as yeah. he was uh, prior to 
uh, getting hit. You know, I knew as soon as that happened that the Dallas Cowboys were going to win this game. And honestly, I was just kind of scoreboard watching the the Giants game, making sure that they lost to the Cardinals, <laughs> which they did, which yeah. was beautiful to see. And yeah, I was, I, I knew as soon as we went into the fourth quarter, we were going to win this game. It just, it felt different this time around. I know it was Cincinnati. I know that, you know, they aren't the greatest team in the world. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be fighting for a top three pick, but it felt good. It felt good to get a win, especially yeah. after losing to Baltimore and getting spanked by the Washington football team <laughs> on Thanksgiving. It just felt nice to get a win. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to relish it for these next few days and celebrate Victory Monday. I love it. We love a good Cowboys Victory Monday. We love it. And uh, yeah, you know, going back to that fourth quarter, though, Zeke had his 26-yard run, which oh, I love seeing him run. I love seeing the man eat. I just wish we could see more of it. But uh, he was going in with, I believe it was a calf injury. So I wasn't expecting much. But when he pulled that out, it was like, okay, Zeke's feeling good. I, I like seeing this side of him. Uh, and then after that, we ended up getting another field goal, 55-yard field goal from Greg the Leg, which put us up 23-7 to with 5-12 left in the fourth quarter. And then, well, deal was already sealed. But Andy Dalton had to add a little bit more uh, extra spice on it and his touchdown pass to Tony Pollard uh, which ended up being our final score of 32-7 a Dallas Cowboys win and we love a good victory Monday like you had mentioned and so you also had mentioned the uh, Giants losing which thank you Jason Garrett um, for that from what I read on Twitter um, fire Jason Garrett was trending again and I like Jason Garrett, you know that, we've talked about this, but I was glad to see we weren't on that side of it uh, again. It was nice to not be the talk of fire Jason Garrett. It was uh, the Giants problem this, this time around. So uh, around the NFC East, let's go. What are, what are we looking like around the NFC East? All right, so we know that the Giants uh, lost and you know, that was, that was really good for me. I, I told you last, <laughs> last time that we talked that the Giants are my second um, least favorite NFC East team behind the Eagles. So that was beautiful to see. And then we go over to 4.30, uh, at, at 4.30 Central, uh, Eastern time for me, uh, 2.30 for you. And we see the <laughs> Eagles kick off and I, I can't believe what I saw. I honestly can't believe what I saw for that, those three hours. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal um, in the first half at least. And, you know, him running the ball really added a new dimension to that Philadelphia Eagles team. It makes me concerned, especially after what we saw Lamar Jackson did to us this past Tuesday, what, what Jalen Hurts can do to us in the future, um, you know, over these next few years, because honestly, I think Carson Wentz is, is gone. I, I know yeah. th th it's a little bit shaky there with his contract situation, but I just don't think you can go back to him. It's either keep Doug Peterson and um, keep Jalen Hurts or fire Doug Peterson and stick with Carson Wentz. But Philadelphia looked really good with Jalen, and it kind of scares me because we got one more meeting with them. I want to hear your thoughts on that game. Yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of was watching it in and out. I'm not going to lie. I took a little nap in the middle of it, but I kept waking up to, <laughs> to keep track of the score. So I didn't watch it uh, in detail. I wasn't taking my little game notes on it. But, you know, I definitely agree from what I saw. Jalen Hurts looks great, and that's scary as a Cowboys fan. But, you know, I hate saying this as a Cowboys fan. Carson Wentz is not a bad guy. So I, you know, 
I know it is a job. Football is a job. I feel bad for the guy, but I'm interested to see what the Eagles do this offseason as far as their quarterback situation. Um, all I can say about that is hashtag can't relate. Uh, we have Dak Prescott. So uh, sorry, not sorry to Eagles fans, but I will give credit to where credit's due. Carson Wentz is a good guy, and that's me being really nice. Um, can you believe that? I'm giving them a compliment. That's, oh, I must be it's in a good mood. It's only because it we won. It's really shocking. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it, it took a Cowboys win, a uh, Cowboys win over uh, Cincinnati to get you to this point. But you know what? We'll, we'll accept it. We'll say that Carson Wentz is a nice guy. You know, honestly, yeah. he is. And, you know, the Eagles players are nice people, but when they suit up mm. in, in, that, in that green uniform yeah. and they take the field, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting against them. Although Jalen oh, yeah. Hurts, with his, with his story, it's hard to root against Jalen Hurts. I, I, I kind of found myself cheering for him personally, but rooting against the Eagles. And it sucked that they, that they won today. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I was fine with them winning. The team I wasn't fine with winning was the Washington football team because they are now in the lead for the NFC East. And I don't like that. How is a football team without a name in the lead of the <laughs> NFC East? That's like total 2020 problems uh, yep. right there. And I do want to read you a tweet. I read it a little bit earlier uh, from Babe Laufenberg. And I just think this sums it up nicely to where we are. So Babe said, I know you were wondering, the Cowboys are now 4-9. No 4-9 team has ever made the playoffs 0 out of 95. Guess what? Hate to break this to you. The Cowboys have the inside track to make the playoffs. How do you feel about that? I, I would like to, as a, putting on my optimistic, you know, goggles of the Dallas Cowboys and I'm trying to see the best in this football team. I want to agree so badly, but guess what? Washington beat us twice, and they, they would hold the tiebreaker even if we tie. So we would have to hope for three consecutive losses. They play Seattle, they play the Panthers, and they play the Eagles. I think they're winning one of those games, and they would, they would end up winning the NFC East, um, at least compared to the Cowboys, because um, you know they, they hold the tiebreaker over us. They beat us twice. If we had won one of those games, then, you know, we would probably have the inside track. I would agree. But we're kind of – we're hoping for Washington to lose these next three games. Destiny is out of our own hands. And I, I just – I can't see us making the playoffs this year. But we still have hope. And as long as we, as we have hope, that's great for me. Well, and, you know, um, to me it's one of those situations where – Obviously, this season has been very trying for the Dallas Cowboys organization um, in many ways. You know, you, you go into 2020, which is a pandemic year. You already are struggling uh, to adjust. And, and I shouldn't say struggling, but you're learning to adjust with a new head coach. That, that in itself is, is calling for an adjustment year. Um, and then Dak goes out. Like, it, it just, everything that could have gone wrong with 2020, this 2020 season went wrong for us. So I, I kind of already accepted um, a, a long time ago that the Cowboys were not going to make it that far. If they do, that's exciting, and we will support them. If they don't, that's okay. And um, I think it's just because, yeah, we – we as Cowboys fans, I think, have accepted this already. And now at this point, we're just having fun and enjoying the wins as they come because that's all we can do. Um, I did forget to ask you before we started going around the NFC East, who was your game MVP today? 
Okay, so you know, most valuable player, I know. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit here because okay. I'm going to give it to a whole defense. I'm giving it to the Cowboys defense today. Uh, like I said, they, own, they earned the D in Dallas because they played defense for once. You know, I, I know they, they played well against Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll give them that. And, you know, they played well for some parts against the Vikings. But for most part of this year, this team has been really trash on defense. Uh, I'm not even going to hold back on that. They just have not looked good. So the fact that they were able to get 17 points for us and literally score seven on that Alden Smith touchdown, as you mentioned before, that was, that was the difference in the game for us, specifically that last fumble, because Cincinnati was driving. It was 10-0 uh, in favor of us. And then, you know, we, we were able to force that final fumble. So I'm giving it to the entire defense. What about you? I want to hear what you what <laughs> was for today. My MVP is behind us in this Zoom call. And again, you guys can't see it, but it's Andy Dalton. This guy today impressed me so much. I've always liked Andy Dalton, right? Before he was even our backup. He was one of those quarterbacks that I've just always had uh, a good respect for, right? He's the Red Rider. How could you not? It's Andy Dalton. And I was excited when uh, we got him as our backup to start with. Never thought we'd actually see him get playtime. Uh, and then, like I said, 2020 happened, and here's your starting quarterback. I will say he didn't uh, win me over as far as our starting quarterback goes this whole time. Um, but I think today, him being at his old home stadium with his old teammates, having something to prove, really fired him up. And although he said before the game that he wasn't going to let his emotions get in the way, I think he channeled through them to get a victory win. And I think his accuracy was on point today. I think he just looked very consistent. He looked very composed. And you know what? I, I wanted him to win. I wanted him to get his game ball today because how good does that have to feel to win in your old home? right? And it had been nine years since uh, Andy Dalton had been with the Bengals. So I just think it was a really good game for him. And of course, uh, I, I got emotional when the announcer uh, announced Andy Dalton and the Cowboys right when they were coming out of the tunnel. Like how weird would that be for him to be in the opposing team's locker room this time? And just little things that I think uh, could very easily make a normal person emotional, and I'm sure he was. He just channeled it in all the right ways. And then you got to love the I love you to his wife. That was just amazing to see. And I loved seeing this new side of him almost. It was, um, it was a side that I can definitely get used to seeing. And I wish him the best going forward as our starting quarterback for the rest of this season, whether we make it to the playoffs or not. So he's my game MVP. I just really like the performance he put on today, but I'm not going to disagree. The defense looked good. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of work to be done when it comes to the defense. So I'm a little salty with them. Um, so I gave my game MVP to Andy Dalton today. So let's see. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, the fact that he was able to channel his emotions into playing, um, you know, in, in front of what were essentially his fans for the past decade. And yeah. it must have been extremely emotional for him to take the field and go against a team that, you know, decided to move on with a different quarterback other than him. So seeing Andy play well, he played confident. That, that, was, right. that was the word that first came to mind for me is that he played with a lot of confidence. I mentioned that, you mentioned the Amari Cooper uh, touchdown that he had, which was just a dart uh, in the end zone. But also the one that was probably the throw of the game for me was the one to CeeDee Lamb, where he has yes. the pressure 
coming off from his backside, and then he just delivers a strike to CD. CD ran an excellent route, had yep. had the CD shaking in his cleats, um, and then you know he cut outside, and Andy delivered a perfect ball. So he he played with so much confidence. He wasn't for me the reason why we won the game, but right. he, he played he played just well enough, and he played with he did exactly what we needed to do to win that game. He didn't he didn't turn the ball over, which was what, what we uh, were expecting out of him. You know, he's supposed to kind of be a game manager, you know, hit his targets, hand the ball off to Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So, yeah, I agree. Um, he, he was my second choice for MVP, MVP but I had to go with, with the defense there. Yeah, I, I think, um, like, like you said, he wasn't the reason we won, but he upheld his, uh, his duties as our quarterback today, and I just loved seeing that for him. Plus, he was a game captain today, so I, I think it just gave him all the motivation. And to me, I think that confidence comes from the organization showing that they, they see him and they appreciate him. And, and just those little things, making him captain and kind of all of the guys rallying behind him, it seemed like today. I think that just made the difference in his performance. So I hope we can continue to see this side of Andy Dalton going forward. Um, but yeah, I wish him the best. I, I'm happy that he's on our team. I really um, have been skeptical the past few years, I will say, with our backup quarterback situation. And it was like a sigh of relief when we got Andy Dalton again. At that time, I never thought we would have to see him play basically an entire season for us. So um, I think everything happens for a reason. And Andy Dalton, um, I'm, I'm glad to call you a cowboy. If you ever listen to this, I, I enjoy watching you. So um, yeah, he's my game MVP today. But um, what are your thoughts on next week? We play the 49ers and I, I know you have some feelings about the game being flexed. So let me have, let me have it. Let's hear it. Okay. I need to control myself because I do not want <laughs> to yell into the microphone. I, I don't want your ears to be pierced, but how, how do the Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers get flexed to 1 PM Eastern standard time out of prime time for the Cleveland Browns? And the New York 2020. Giants. 2020. That is, that is how. 2020. I, I'm still at a loss for words. It's been several days, and I can't believe it. The 49ers and the Cowboys, I know we didn't live through the glory years, but the 80s and 90s, I mean, these were the two preeminent teams in the NFC, you know? I mean, these were the two teams that went against each other, had a lot of great head-to-head -head battles. You had Joe Montana, Steve Young for the 49ers, and then Troy Aikman there for the Dallas Cowboys. And it was just, it was a great rivalry. And it was supposed to be prime time. We were supposed to get this. This was supposed to be something that we were going to look forward to. I chill yeah. on Sunday night and just watch the Dallas Cowboys, you know, have the spotlight. And they join a bunch of other teams for the 1 p.m. slot, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time slot. And I'm just disgusted. It ruined, it ruined my Sunday plans for that day. Oh, I know. I know it did. And, and you know what? To me, it's, it's one of those things that what kind of message does the NFL send to these guys who, yeah, maybe they have a losing record because they do, obviously. But that's just, to me, it, it upsets me that, you know, I, I get it. Maybe viewership isn't as great, but it's the Cowboys. Viewership is always great. Cowboy fans um, are loyal and we're still watching. We have a losing record and people are still watching. People are still getting excited when they win. So I don't understand the logic. And if it's viewership uh, working in TV, I, I get how those decisions have to be made sometimes. 
but I just don't see it being an issue with the Cowboys. Yes, it's been a, an awful season, but I just, I can't excuse it. I just don't agree with that decision. Uh, and what I definitely don't agree with was Jerry Jones went on the fan this week. So 105.3 the fan. Um, and, you know, if, if you all tune into the fan, you know, how that is the Cowboys radio network, right? Um, it's basically tradition that anytime my family and I go to a game at the AT&T Stadium, we're either turning uh, the fan on because they lost or because they won. And it's either a really long car ride home or it's a really fun car ride home, right? Uh, so the fan definitely always gets inside uh, with all of these people. So Jerry Jones was on the fan this week and they asked him, what he thought and he spun it to be a positive thing um and, and i know that might just be for show but i don't know i don't know maybe i just don't know jerry jones like i think i know him but i would think jerry jones would be more upset and maybe he's just spinning it for a public image to be a positive thing but i just don't think it's a positive thing and even then he shouldn't spin it to be a positive thing i just there's no there's nothing positive about it this was the first time watching the Dallas Cowboys since 2007. This is the first time where Jerry Jones got, got shown up. He really got shown up by the NFL. Um, you know, he went out and he signed Jalen Smith to this big contract. He signed Ezekiel Elliott to this big contract. He signed the flashy players. Well, guess what? It's not working out for you. You signed the flashy coach who said that he, he who went on Pete, Peter King did a documentary with him and sold me on the fact that he watched every single game from the 2019 season. And then at the press conference admits that he didn't watch the Dallas Cowboys, every single game from the Dallas Cowboys. So he signed the flashy head coach with the Super Bowl, And he did all of this, all this flashiness, all of this, you know, gravitas, all this great stuff. And guess what? You got flexed out of prime time. The Dallas Cowboys, their brand is not carrying the same weight as it did Year, uh, several years ago it just right. isn't even and last year even as yeah. last year um and you know I will say with Mike McCarthy um the one issue I have with him well one of many I will say for this season alone the one issue that I will say on here is um he was asked as one of uh, the first pressers he had as head coach if it was a catch in Green Bay if Des caught it and you, sir, are now the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and you're going to say it wasn't called one. No, 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 no. That just sits with me every day that I see him, and I don't hold any kind of um, resentment or anything like that. I'm not that type of person, but when it came to that answer, I can't let go of that. Something about that answer, and, and I know Cowboys fans are going to laugh and say, you know, either you're on the Cowboys fan side, like, it was a catch. Yeah, that frustrates me too, or you're going to be on the other side of it, like, okay, well, it wasn't called a catch. Like, get over it. That's not the point. The point is, if you're all in on the Cowboys, and it's a tricky question for him. He was a Green Bay coach. I get that. But you tell me the answer I want to hear because you're my coach now. You are not coaching for them. You don't get to stick up for a Green Bay anymore. Like, you're either all in with this organization and you know what that moment meant to us. And to me, it was just kind of a test. And maybe I'm taking it way out of proportion. But to me, it was a test of where he stood. And to me, I don't think he wanted to be head coach for the right reasons for this organization. Um, just based on the answer alone. And I could be wrong. I've never met the guy. 
I don't play for him. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know these things. But just based on that answer and then based on the attitude I've seen these players have uh, so consistently throughout the season as far as their motivation being zero to nothing, or, you know, I, I should say just nothing. They don't have motivation. You can tell when these guys are not feeling it. That comes from coaching because as much as people want to say things they want to say about Jason Garrett, he still had his team motivated even when they were at their eight and eight seasons. And we're not even going to be eight and eight this season, even if we went out. So um, that's, where's, that's my where's, issue. <laughs> where's the accountability when Xavier Woods goes out and says, you can't expect us to give 100% every single play. Look, he's right. Like, it, it isn't, like, humanly possible to give 100% maximum effort for that many plays. But you don't go out and say it. That just sends the wrong message to your teammates. Um, I honestly thought that, that, is, that is one of those quotes that's worth being benched, worth being cut, because it just sends the wrong message to the group of DBs. And your safety, you're, you're, you're like the quarterback of the secondary. You have to, you, you know, you're, you, you have to kind of play one side or the other and you have to communicate with your guys and you're sending the wrong message um, by, by keeping Xavier Woods on the field. Um, and I was really disappointed in that. Mike McCarthy has been abysmal this year and it's not necessarily because of our record. Look, Dak Prescott went down your quarterback. The offensive line has been absolutely decimated. The defense, the secondary was young going in. I know we drafted Trayvon Diggs and, you know, we tried cleaning up a little bit there in the secondary, but it's still going to take some time. So I wasn't expecting a Super Bowl run this year, but some of the decisions he's made and some of the things he said, like you mentioned uh, with the Des Bryant catch and, and then also saying that he didn't watch every single Dallas Cowboys game and he, he basically lied to Jerry Jones, it just, it, it frustrates you. It isn't, it, that isn't what I want from a head coach, in, in my opinion. And we're seeing what Aaron Rodgers is doing now without Mike McCarthy. He, he was 13 and three last year. He's got the number one seed now. You know, the Green Bay Packers have been exceptional without Mike McCarthy. Immediately, they saw success. And guess what? We went from eight and eight to not even making that, that, that mark this year, like you said. So, Absolutely disappointed with Mike McCarthy. He gets one year. He gets one pass year for me just because of everything that went on. But I need to see more out of this, yeah. this guy next season. If not, he's got to be gone. See, and, and what I think um, is kind of hard or makes it more difficult to read him, I should say, is that normally, you know, a non-pandemic year, you can see these emotions because they're not having to wear masks. So I think him wearing a mask, which I totally am for, keep wearing your mask, everybody, please. Um, I'm for that. But I can't read him. I don't know what he's feeling. I can see when he gets really, really mad, but I can't see his reaction to everything that's going on. So yeah, like you said, I'll give him a year too, but I'm just very frustrated with um, his coaching style so far, I'll say. And I think this offseason, he has some tough calls to make. So let's see if he does them. And I think that'll set up the tone for next year fairly early on um, pretty soon if you know the Cowboys don't make it to the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I guess that's my thoughts on that. Who's winning next week? Who is winning Cowboys, 49ers? And, and we're not going to be biased or we're going to try not to be biased with these answers. I will not be biased. I have a Zach Prescott poster in the back. I have <laughs> Cowboys paraphernalia also uh, to my left over here over my left shoulder. So I am an objective observer of this upcoming mm -hmm. game. Yeah. And I'm going to say, as someone who's very objective, 
The Dallas Cowboys will win. They will beat the uh, San Francisco 49ers at home. This is a rivalry game that I, I know it's not technically an NFC East um, rivalry like with the Eagles and Giants and the football team, but th- this, is, this, is, this is blood right here. And this is 80s and 90s, good stuff coming back um, to the 2020s. And I, I want to see a good game. I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be high scoring. I have the Dallas Cowboys coming out on top 21 to 7. They're going to improve their record to 5-9. and nine. Washington is going to lose against Seattle, and we're going to have some hope. We're going to okay. have some hope this year. What about wow. you? You, you gave them 20 what – was, what did you say, 21-7? to seven? No, 31-27. Oh, 31-27. That's, okay. I'm, that makes more sense. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? You said you weren't going to be objective. Okay. I, I do not trust the defense enough <laughs> to hold them to seven points again. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think that's fair. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Uh, I'm going to call it. I'm not going to give an exact score. That's not really my forte. I don't want to jinx us because it's happened before. Um, I'm not going to jinx us. I won't. But I will say I think it's going to come down to a three-point lead um, for a win. And, and I will give it to the Cowboys next week based on what I saw this week. And if they can keep that momentum going, they're more than capable of beating the 49ers at home at AT&T Stadium. And hopefully this game uh, gets more of a Cowboys crowd to the stadium because I do know that 49ers fans will be there as well. So I really hope Cowboys fans come through and show up to be loud and proud of, um, you know, how, how they played last week. So, or this week, I should say because this is airing tomorrow. So how they played this week going into next week, I'm excited and I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but I'll give it to the Cowboys. I'll say, yeah, three points. I think that's what it's going to come down to. If not, hmm, I'll say six points, six points at the most is, is going to be the difference. Um, but I will give it to the Cowboys as well uh, because I am being biased and I have hopeful um, thoughts for the team going forward. That is, that's where I'll leave it. But it was a great game overall. I hope we can continue to see the Cowboys play like this um, for as long as we have left of this 2020 season. We've only gotten four wins this year. It's been, it's been brutal. It's been (laughs) tough as a Cowboys fan this year. We've gone up and down and it's been, uh, you know, back and forth with everything going on, injuries, you know, but just to get a win, a 23-point convincing win on the road this was I want to say the second best win of the season I, I'm, I'm putting the the Minnesota a victory at the number one spot and I'm so disappointed about that because I thought that was going to lead to um, us eventually uh, winning the NFC East but we got spanked on Thanksgiving we're moving on past that but no, yes we don't talk about that week anymore that was we don't talk about that. We only talk about the good ones. Uh, and you know what? Normally we don't. Normally I will happily welcome some discussion about our bad games. There's just too many of them this season. And um, we're, we're going to be positive and we're going to talk about our four wins because four is better than none. And that is me seeing the glass half full. And hello, high draft pick if we tank this season. It's okay. Either way, we are going to be fine, everybody. Cowboys fans, we feel you. We know it's been a hard season. Um, but either way, only good things can come out of this. Uh, the only thing that really, really, really sucks is uh, a shortened season because we wouldn't get to see them, you know, in the playoffs. But as long as the Eagles don't win, I'm good. Uh, 
that's how I feel. <laughs> I'll let I'll let a team named the football team win the Super Bowl this year because guess what? A football team has won it every single year. So we'll say the football team won the 2021 Super Bowl. I'll give it to I'll give it to Washington. So I'm fine with that. But worst case scenario, th there is a worst case scenario. I'm gonna bring it up. We win out and Washington wins the next two games or uh, or at least another game and we finish 7 and 9 and we we end up kind of in the middle of the pack. I think we'd probably be around 11 or 12 in the draft order, but I, I think that would probably be the worst case scenario if we win out and we don't secure a top 5 pick. I'm I'm either all in for the playoff run or you know if if, if it's out of, out of question tank the season. I love seeing my Cowboys win, but at the end of the day, a top five or a top six um, pick, we can trade it back, get a bunch of uh, second and third rounders. That would be preferable. But right now we have hope, and I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that next week. Yeah, that's, that's what we like to hear. But you know what, Cowboys fans, enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday. Go proudly sport your Dallas Cowboys apparel today and enjoy the game we saw yesterday because it was a good one and we deserve to um enjoy the victory monday ahead talk as much trash on twitter as you want on social media call up random phone numbers and say how about them dallas cowboys i'm promoting all the wrong things okay, I'm, I, 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 don't call random numbers <laughs> you know what, no, if you do send us a video on twitter i'd love to see that i, I would love to see that actually that's kind of a genius idea yeah, I'm, I'm calling up every single cowboy hater i know and i'm saying how about them cowboys <laughs> i don't care that we're four and nine we won. We won. And I'm taking this victory and I'm going to ride it for the next six days here. Today is Victory Monday. Uh, we, we're recording it on Sunday night, but yeah. this is Victory Monday for you Cowboys fans listening to this. We're so glad that you all tuned in and we're going we're gonna to have a preview for next uh, week's game against the 49ers um, in a few days. And we're just, we're so happy that you all were able to tune in and we just had a great time during this discussion. Jess, anything else that you want to add? Just follow us on social media. Again, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and TikTok at Roundy, Rowdy Roundup Pod. See, I am tired. It's been a very energetic day for me. Um, but follow us on all of our social media pages and interact with us. Let us know what you thought of this episode. If you agree, if you disagree, we are open to discussion. And yes, enjoy your Victory Monday, Cowboys fans. We deserve it been a long season so far and it's not over yet so don't lose hope either but yeah enjoy the rest of your day and go cowboys go cowboys